0: Welcome back to the Be Ruthless show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth. And today I am bringing you some questions that I received last night in the Ask Sam call. And one of them is from the past week with a client. And I just want to share for those of you who don't know that Team Ruthless, which started in October. So, you know, it's a baby. It's only a little over a month, month and a half old. We have a call every Tuesday evening. It is a support call. It is for you. It is confidential. So the questions that I'm sharing, I have gotten permission to share, and I'm not using names or talking about any specific examples. I'm talking about questions that can help so many people remember being in a class in school when somebody would raise a, their hand and ask something and you were so grateful because you were thinking that too that is what happens when I hear these things is that I know so many other people whether it's people I'm working with friends and family or just people out there in the world also need to hear this so that's why I'm sharing it. If you want to join the calls, please join Team Ruthless. That is just one of the many things that we do. We also have a holiday get together call because holidays are difficult for so many different reasons in so many different ways. For me personally, it's not having gym. For others, it could be distressing after interacting with family that we all have said like, oh my God, I need a drink, right? Or something. And I don't drink much. But we've all had those scenarios. So it is whatever you need it to be. And it is a place to be something to look forward to people to connect with on a day that you might need another outlet. So that is just a little bit of the who, what, where. And the first question I want to talk about is what do I do? What do I say when I don't want to answer the phone or when I don't want to have a conversation. And for me personally, this happened in the first year after losing Jim, when talking on the phone was hard for me because I would automatically start crying and become super emotional. And if I had been having a decent, as decent as it could be at that point, day of not crying, just answering the phone was too much. And I would know it, I could tell. So there were times I, it's not that I didn't want to talk to the person. I truly just didn't want to talk verbally on the phone and get into all of my stuff because I needed to finish whatever else seemed more important at that time. So for me, that is What comes to mind, but this could be, you know, after an argument, you need a little time before you answer the phone or before you get together and have that talk and see that person. There are so many times where we put others before ourselves and we ignore what might be best for us. And I say that that comes in a feeling, in a body feeling. So when you look at your phone and you have that, oh, how often do you still answer? So this is what I'm talking about. If there's a situation where even if you just don't want to answer for no reason other than you want to take a bath and stare at the walls, that is perfectly fine. Not everyone knows how to say that or knows what to say. So that's what this question is about. And my answer is that I created arts and crafts because that was a soothing activity. That was a relaxing activity for me. So it served two purposes. It helped me in those moments. And it also gave me something in the moments I needed. And let me back up and say, in the moments that you're calm, okay, stable, not a mess, that is when you can think about the things to make these arts and crafts or Canva text messages and graphics. And in this day and age, there are so many options. Do it when you are feeling okay so that when something comes up, you have it ready. And we can always add more and have new ideas and new decorations and new things. And you can always be moving towards being able to answer the phone or say it verbally and not use this but it becomes really helpful in those moments when you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. You want to let them know you're thinking about them and something's going on with you or it's just one of those days. So I literally sat with paint and glue and all sorts of arts and crafts and made things that were different sayings. Something like thinking of you, but I just can't talk today. Anything that's your voice, your words, true to you, that will work. And then again, when you're okay, when you're in the decent state, you can let them know why you do it, that it might happen, why it happens. Again, if you don't want to get into all of that, you certainly don't have to. But when you're in an okay state of mind, that is when I would encourage you to have that conversation if you're choosing to, not when you're not okay. Because that's when things are already overwhelmed. So again, it's just a fun way of still letting people know I'm here. Because let me tell you, this isn't just me. I can't tell you how many clients. It is literally most of my clients who have said at a certain point in time, they couldn't even send a text. Figuring out what to say, how to write a text message in that moment, is overwhelming. And that can be anxiety, loss, and grief. Again, it can be a fight with someone and you're just not ready to talk. It applies to so many different things. But in those moments, we are more likely to either just answer and put their feelings first or say something that we haven't thought through that could hurt them or not be exactly how we feel. There's so many hiccups that can happen. That preparing for it and having something that you can just grab, take a picture of and send is a great way of not ignoring, not saying anything to make it worse, and not ignoring your own feelings. And not putting everyone else before yourself. You matter. Your feelings matter. And I don't care if you don't even know why you don't want to answer. That's okay. You don't have to. If it doesn't feel good, if it doesn't feel right, that's okay. Now, it's another story if you don't want to answer forever. If you don't want to answer for anyone. Those are a little bit more serious of it, right? That, That means... Stuff is a little bit more complicated. We're not just struggling with one situation. And I would encourage you to please reach out, talk to one person and let them know you're struggling. And if you don't know who to talk to, again, 988 is available and it's trained professionals and they will not let you hang up without the services you need, a plan, something, so that you at least know you're not alone. And again, We have all been there. We have all had a bad day. I have not answered the phone because I was afraid I would take something out on you who did nothing other than call me on a day I was angry at the world because everything else went wrong, right? Remember those days? (laughs) I'm thinking back of being in Michigan when I would drive to work and I had like a 30, 35 minute drive and oh my God, the, you know, bad weather or traffic or getting home and just being like, oh my God, there's just no way I would rip somebody's head off for saying, how was your day? (laughs) Right? So it's just a useful tool. And again, at some point you'll be able to say it verbally. This is for when you're going through it and you don't have the words and you don't, and you, Ignore yourself and put others first and then you suffer, right? When I answered the phone for those calls, I hung up feeling worse and I was going through enough. My days were hard enough. I didn't need more. So again, these are questions from Ask Sam and from clients. And I know others have the same questions. So the next question is how do I bring something up to my spouse or who or parent or boss or anyone when There's never enough time, and I feel like I'm walking around on eggshells. So I want to start this, and this will apply for the next question as well, by saying that other people's moods, other people's stuff, other people's bad days, that is a reflection of them, not us, right? I just gave the example of not answering the phone because I was crabby and I didn't want to snap. That has nothing to do with you, Right. So this is a reflection of the other person, not you. And a lot of times, intentionally or not, other people's moods and emotions can be used to silence you. Right. Have you ever said, like, I just didn't even want to bring it up because it was all right. He was already in a bad mood. She was already having a bad day. And I just didn't want to make it worse. And we all live in this life where we say choose our battles. And there are certain things that I can easily let roll off my shoulder and I don't need to ever discuss. But if something is important, if it's bugging me, if it's affecting me in any way, shape, or form, then it is important for my well being to discuss that, no matter how little time or somebody else's mood. So, with that, of course. We are in this world where it's go, 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 and there's not enough time. And if we're talking about a relationship, I get not wanting to take fun time or quality time or or an evening or an afternoon that's going well and bring up something that you don't know how it will go, right? We've all had a conversation turn a good day into an argument, right? And, and some of those are easily salvageable and others can ruin a mood or ruin an afternoon. And I get having that hesitation. But again, I just wanna remind you that if you are, if it's important to you, then that matters as much as this other person's reaction. Their reaction is not more important than your feelings. So how do we consider time? This, if I were thinking about my mom and dad, I would have two entirely different approaches. So first and foremost, we have to think about who we're dealing with, right? And I think the best way to be considerate of time is to give people choices in a way that isn't anxiety provoking, not like the your parents saying, we need to talk when you get home, like, uh-oh, what did I do, right? But letting someone know, can we schedule sometime some people prefer mornings some people prefer evenings right if there's a way that you can gauge that get that from them some people are open to reading it in an email and processing it and responding on their own time and others prefer verbal so think about who this person is the relationship and those things will come to you and then Choose what works best for that person and know that any reaction is, again, a reflection of them, not you. And I'm not saying that makes it fun or easy. I'm just pointing out that you could say it at the best time in the nicest tone with the, you know, a jar of cookies and jelly beans ready. And if somebody is going to respond negatively, they're going to respond negatively. So. We can take these preparations to be considerate that might not change the outcome. So I am pointing this out because I want people to hear that your feelings matter and you still deserve to get them off of your chest, be heard, talk about it. Maybe you don't need to talk to that individual person. Maybe you have a counselor therapist you talk to and you get it off your chest and you feel better resolved, that's still dealing with it. In most cases, if it's really bothering you, you're still going to want to talk to the person in question at some point, and you deserve to, and that matters. And so I just want to acknowledge that and let you know that only someone who wants to change, only someone who recognizes a need to change will change those things. We can't change someone no matter how perfectly, because there's no such thing, we prepare or present it. So what I'm trying to say is that try not to take it personally. A reaction is a reaction. Focus on being considerate of time of day, best method of expressing perhaps an email saying, take time, process this, but you know, please let me know that you've gotten it. And we'll talk at some point. I always have like the 24 hour rule that it's okay to walk away and take time, but we always have to return to the conversation. And if you need more than 24 hours, that's allowed too. it just needs to be communicated. So somebody isn't sitting there waiting and wondering, right? So what can you do? How can you bring it up to someone who you are walking on eggshells with, be true to you, be considerate of them and recognize that if there is a reaction, it still has nothing to do with you. And again, I'm a big fan of giving choices. I need to talk. Can we pick sometime in the next few days, sometime before Friday, sometime before Monday? So there's a deadline, right? We can't leave it open-ended because unintentionally or intentionally again there are some people who will just truly forget not meaning to cause harm so giving a deadline makes there you know some accountability and gives you peace of mind knowing that you don't just have to sit and wait i think it's important also since i've mentioned scheduling a time or asking and and making it's also just as important to schedule time For fun only, for not serious conversations, so that people who are more on edge, people who do tend to respond a little bit more defensively to the can we talk questions, so that they know this is fun only. And I can let my guard down and I don't even have to worry about you bringing something up or how I would respond right now. So, that's another way that you could even go into it by saying, I would love to have a time not to talk about anything. And I also need a time to talk about something. Take 10, 15 minutes, right? We also have to consider that you might want hours. You might want to talk it through until, and it can take compromise and recognizing that people who struggle with these conversations are meeting you and compromising being there. And we can come up with a length of time that works for both of us. Less than you want, more than they want, <laughs> right? That's what a compromise is. The next question I want to talk about is what do I do when so-and-so, mom, brother, partner, friend, never admits they're wrong, never accepts responsibility? And I'm talking never. I There are people who truly do not see fault, They do not recognize that they play a role in the conflict. They do not understand that it takes two. They see your reaction, right? Your reaction to their behavior, but they don't recognize that there was behavior from them that you're reacting to. They just don't. And so this is a difficult situation and I am not telling you to end the relationship the i'm talking about the relationships that matter. If you have people in your life who are not in your inner circle, who aren't your go-tos, who you don't really feel close to and this sounds like them, I would encourage you to reevaluate that. If they don't if they're not someone truly close close, then Why are you in a relationship with someone that accepts zero responsibility? For today's purposes, I am talking about people we're choosing to remain in a relationship with, family, friends, someone who matters to us. And we know that this behavior isn't going to change unless someday comes in the future and their part unrelated to you that they recognize and decide to get help on their own. I don't see that as not tomorrow for for someone who is completely unwilling to accept responsibility. I don't want to give you false hope if you're the other person in that relationship. Right? Anyone can change, but they have to want to and they have to recognize what they're changing. So this is for the people who matter to you, but truly accept no fault, no role. And this isn't about right and wrong. This isn't about blame. It's about problem solving and moving forward and what to do. So I'm just thinking about a client who gave me permission to share. And it's a marriage. And it's a marriage with someone who truly does not recognize any role in behavior with both spouse and children. It is... I this is my this is what happened and this is how it is and they played no role whatsoever so what can you do if you're in a relationship like that is work on you and decide how you navigate that path what outlets do you have because we can't accept, expect the other person to respond in a healthy manner right so Do you have positive friends and supports in your life? Do you have a counselor or someone to talk to? Do you have outlets, hobbies, things that relieve stress, make you feel better, things you enjoy doing? For some people, it is sports and working out. And for others, I swear to you, it's cleaning and organizing. And I don't care what it is as long as it's something. So the question is, what do I do? When, in this case, it was my partner, my spouse, never accepts responsibility. And the answer is you focus on how you are going to stay okay in that relationship. You certainly, just like the example in the question above, choosing our battles, there are some conversations that you just might avoid with someone like this because we already know they don't see any heart they don't see they don't play any role in their world however your feelings matter and if it's something important that doesn't mean you don't have to get it off you don't get to get it off your chest you don't have to let that person know you have to let that person know without an expectation of a response you might not get that response. It's not about that. It's about you staying sane, about you being okay, about you not keeping it all in. And part of that is the other things I mentioned, having those positive supports, people to talk to, having hobbies to Relieve stress to enjoy your time and thinking about how you navigate. How much time do you spend with this person? You get to decide because you're deciding, I want this person in my life. But then you also get to decide, how do I want this person in my life? Because, like I said in number two, the previous example, people's reactions unintentionally or intentionally can silence or affect what you do and say, and that's not okay. Your feelings matter. And just because you might not get an, I am sorry, or I didn't recognize that I was doing that, or I'll work on it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't go unsaid, right? So it's navigating this relationship your way. So everyone listening could have a different way. And that is great that is what works for you and your relationship it's just important to identify that you matter and these feelings matter and that they can be acknowledged by others and it's not who you need it from but it helps and it's because you're choosing to stay in this relationship right there are people it could be a boss it could be a colleague whoever that is coming to mind that you're thinking of matters enough to you that you don't want to let them go because as i said if they're not that close to you you can reevaluate and decide why are you in a relationship with someone that won't recognize any role any responsibility we have responsibility over our responses over so many things and someone who accepts 0% is difficult to live with that's just plain and simple but you get to choose to have that relationship and if you do your well-being matters so make yourself a priority and find that counselor find that support find the group find the people who get it find the the stress relievers and start to work on getting the things off of your chest that matter without expecting certain responses and if you want more if you want to talk more about that You can join an Ask Sam call, join Team Ruthless, email me, sam at samantharuth.com. I just want you to hear that no one else's response, no one else's reality should be more important than your feelings and your well-being. The next question I want to talk about is What do I do? I try so hard to say things in a nice way. I choose my words. I watch my tone. But no matter what, he or she always says I'm attacking. And again, just like the previous two examples, someone else's response is a reflection of them. Two people could be told the exact same thing and respond in different ways, right? One could cry, one could yell. There's nothing. We're still responsible for how we say it and what we say, right? But this situation is I worked on all of those things. I I was very careful with my tone, with my words, and I'm still being told that I'm attacking. So first and foremost, It's not easy, I know, but don't take it personally. Recognize that this is not a reflection of you. This is someone who probably feels attacked, not only in this situation and maybe not only even by you, right? There are people who tend to have that perspective that people are out to get them or they see the world in that. Way. And that doesn't mean it's accurate. It means we can take a step back and stop and pause and at least recognize and use that knowledge as our power to say, Joe Schmo, nine, you know, more often than not feels attacked. So, how can I go into this? The bottom line is that. Just like the other two examples, if someone isn't aware or willing to recognize this, it might not change. Just like the other two examples, it doesn't mean that you have to bite your tongue. I would just encourage you to have a third party. Oftentimes, one other person saying that's not what I heard can be a huge difference can be the bridge it can be the starting point but what's what what is important in this example is that we're talking about what someone hears and how they feel and sorry um it it's going to sound a little bit silly but it's important to recognize that Just because we know what we're saying and we know what we mean doesn't mean it's received by others in that same way. So it's important to check. It's important to check on both ends when we are speaking and when we are hearing, listening. It's important to check and say, okay, I think what you're trying to tell me is that you don't like it when I ABC and check and make sure because you might be wrong. And let's say you're the one feeling attacked. Let's say the one you're the one who feels like you can't do anything right and you're constantly on the receiving end. If you check back before you react, which isn't easy, I know. But if you check and say, "Is this what I'm hearing?" What what did you say? Is this what I'm hearing? Not accusing, again. The outcomes can be so so different. It takes time. It takes practice. It takes effort. I'm not trying to put on my psychologist hat here and have you say, how does that make you feel? I'm not trying to mock this in any way. It's really true that you might not even be hearing what I'm saying right now in the way I mean it. So it's important for conversations in general, not only disagreements or confrontations, not the difficult. It's important in general to make sure we hear what we think we heard, to make sure someone heard what we wanted them to hear. So many misunderstandings come back to this. And I wish I had one I could think of in mind to share that was silly and simple, but maybe one is coming to mind for you when the two of you actually end up having the conversation that it's so silly because it was really, really just lost in translation. So again, if you want some more work, I have worksheets. There are exercises. There are really tools to learn reflective listening, active listening, and it's as simple as is this what I heard? Did I hear you correctly? I don't want to sound condescending and say, can you please repeat back to me what I said, right? But that is essentially, if I'm trying to express something that hurts my feelings, I want to make sure that you heard it right. Because if you didn't, it could happen again. You're walking around thinking something else upset me, right? There's just so many little bumps along the way and so I want to point out again that your feelings matter you're worth it and reactions might always be there and are a reflection of the other person and these are just things we can do to navigate our way through it for our well-being and sanity and and again it's easy if somebody snaps or yells or says you're accusing me to take it personally, I want to encourage you to write it in a hundred places. My favorite, favorite book for this is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And one of the agreements is to not take things personally. It is four simple things to practice through any and every situation. And if you get in the habit of doing it and just going through the four phrases, when you are emotionally reacting to something, it will help you recognize, okay, I'm taking this personally. Joe Schmo gets defensive with everyone. Breathe, right? It's not a solution to never having someone get defensive, never having someone feel attacked. We don't live in that world. It is recognizing that it is them, not you. So that is my go-to. I have the, the four agreements taped in my planner. I have them everywhere because just because I'm saying this doesn't mean I'm not human and I don't have to remind myself as well. It's a great practice to get into and will help in these situations. And it will help you recognize that when you're being true to you and putting your feelings out there. For your own well being and for the well being of a relationship, that someone else's reaction is their stuff and it's got nothing to do with you, and that's okay. And it's much easier to separate and not get caught up in their stuff and taking care of their stuff instead of taking care of yourself. And that brings me right. right to the fifth question, which I chose as the last question on purpose. How do I even begin to start working on me? This comes from a wife, from a mom, from a nonstop businesswoman. And I think so many of us can relate to it, whether it's not knowing how, because we've always taken care of everyone else, whether it's not having the time I want to say that you start by making a commitment, a choice. And and that's a choice that you have to make on an ongoing basis. You don't just make it once and then some magical switch clicks. If this sounds like you, if this is a question you've asked or you relate to, and you're going to have to rejuvenate and remind yourself regularly, I remind myself at least once a day, probably multiple times a day most days, that I'm a priority and I have got to take care of me as much as I love being there for everyone else that I have to, it's just me now. And it is the only way I will be able to be here for everyone else. So how do you start? You start by one simple change, five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, five minutes somewhere for you to do anything that is just for you. And if you could make that 15, wonderful, but start with five, if that's all you have or one thing, right? We think we make these lists and there's all these things we can do. It's overwhelming. I want you to start with one thing. What can you do to start? Some people might want to find someone to talk to and make that time once a week. Some people might want to make time for a massage once a week. I don't care what it is. I care that you make the choice and you set yourself up to succeed, right? It's very easy to have huge goals and then not reach them, right? And I'm thinking of people dieting. It's not something I'm a fan of or I do or I've done in a long time, but like I'm not going to have carbs for however long. not going to have bread, whatever. They give something up and the plan is for this big stretch and they cave. I'm a bigger fan of shorter goals that we can reach and then making them longer and seeing ourselves succeed over and over and reaching these goals and celebrating them and making them important and then making them bigger, right? Start with one day. Then too, and I'm not talking about dieting. I don't think we should give up all of anything. It's moderation that is the key. And that can be difficult depending on what we're talking about. And that isn't today's conversation. What I am talking about is working on yourself and how do you start and making time for you. And so if that means setting an alarm at lunch to go to your car and get out of the office, and just listen to music so that you have a little bit of peace away from the chaos. Great. Whatever will work for you that is a start is a start. And that is amazing. I want it to be realistic, something you can actually do and something you can achieve. I would rather you start with five minutes and hit 15, than say 15 and only do five. So again, these are questions that have come up in the Ask Sam calls that are every Tuesday. We also have Team Ruthless holiday get-togethers because people are struggling. And it doesn't matter about what. Knowing that you have your people that you can go to that get it, that are not going to make you explain and offend, justify. There You can't put a price on that. And you can't find those people everywhere you go. The older we get... The harder it is to find, right? We're not in school where we're exposed to all of the people the same age with similar interests and different activities to meet with the people who have those interests, right? So it's important to find them, to value them, to be true to you, and to allow yourself those things because you matter. So, again, for me, it's nature. I have something with nature every day of course some days I have more time but that is something I will not go without there are other things as well I have learned the things I cannot go without meditating writing in my journal right some people don't enjoy these things for some people it's like homework for me when I don't do them it's it's just it, it shows up for me, whether it's a backache or a sore throat. It's just, it's my way of getting it out. And that's my time. These are my routines. And again, are there days I have longer meditations? Yes, but I will not go without one, right? So if I have a busy, crazy day, I'm still going to make five minutes. We can adjust. The lengths of time, the activities, the, the times of day, right? I, I journal in the morning and at night, but if I need to and I have the time and I want to in the day, I will. It's just learning the things that we really need that are our self-care must-haves, right? We brush our teeth. We brush our hair. We have our rituals for hygiene. These are my mental hygiene rituals, and I have learned mine. But I just want you to recognize that you matter and you're worth it. And even if it is five minutes, that's a start. And then you can work towards 10. And by doing it, you will see the value. It will become worth it. And you will want to make more time. You will want to find that time, whether that's getting up early. Putting technology away a little bit before bed, making an appointment, scheduling get-togethers with people. It's different for all of us, but it matters just as much for all of us. So again, thank you so much for being part of this community. I'd love to have you join Team Ruthless. And if you are listening live next week, it's a huge announcement on the 27th, 22nd. Please join the event. It is called Grief Have Goes Global. I am coming to you live from Michigan and I have exciting news to share. And until then, thank you so, so much. Until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.